I want to just spend a few minutes with you this morning. I want to take you here. Let's go here. I want you to think with me. What is it that identifies you? What is it that uh, when people see you, what do they they relate to you? What do they uh, recognize you for? Um, And for me, let me just say this. I'll, I'll just, for me, but you have to answer this. I want you to go there in your mind. When you are seen in the public, not the public's the grocery store, but out in the community. When you are seen in our community or your community, wherever you are, what is it that people immediately put on you? For me, I walk out and sometimes it's your profession. I walk out in the community and not that I hate this, but I don't want to be identified as this. Oh, there's the preacher. There's the pastor. We're identified sometimes by our profession. Sometimes we're identified from our family, our family members forever in my growing up ages. I'm still growing up, but when I was a child and a teenager and a young adult, always in this community, I was known as, oh, there's Marcy's brother, right? My sister's way more famous and better at golf than I am. And that's how they were identified me by my family. Some people are identified by what you wear. I'm sometimes identified out in this community and judged, let me say that, by the fact that I wear a flat bill hat. I just like a flat bill hat. There is no difference between a flat bill and a curved bill other than you curved it. Mine came that way. Mine came flat. But I am known sometimes as the guy who wears a flat bill hat. You are known by what you wear sometimes. To me, smell is a big deal. I love hugging, a guy. we hug a lot around here, I don't know if you've known that, but when I hug a, a gentleman, a brother, and they smell good. I mean, you are identified by that smell. Tucker Hill, stand up. I guarantee you. Tucker, is this guy right here, let me just say this, and this, is not, this wasn't even planned, this is not scripted. That guy right there drove from Charlotte this morning to play in this worship team. He lives in Charlotte, but he loves, it's not me, it's not Andy, he loves what God is doing in our community. And Tucker smells really good. (laughs) Listen, don't don't you think that I can't go around the room and point out some of you other, that that you smell phenomenal. I'm looking, I sit on the front row, I already told you, brother, didn't I? I said, man, you smell great. And I'm just secure enough in my manhood to go there. There's this guy at Starbucks, and every time I see him, this is how I relate and recognize. This is what I put on this man. He's foreign, and so don't judge me that I don't know. He's either from Australia or England, one of the two, and I can't figure it out. I've not, because he offended me. I'll tell you the story here in a second. So I haven't had the time to spend with him to find out where he's from. But one of the first times I ever saw him stood behind him in Starbucks line, he's in High Point, so if you ever smell some phenomenal guy, it's probably him. I smelled this guy, and I am not kidding you, it was heaven. I hope that heaven smells like that. I'm not kidding. And I told him, first time I ever met him, he's a good-looking guy. And, and, and I said, dude, I was like, man, I hope you're okay with this, but you smell amazing. And he wasn't taking, he didn't like really, he wasn't, I don't think he's a Christian. I'll just say it. He wasn't very nice. You know, take that back. He probably was a Christian. That's why he was so mean, right? Uh, 
I said, man, you smell amazing. And uh, again, because he's, he's British or Australian, and he started talking to me. And literally, the first time we ever talked, because I told him how good he smelled. And uh, you would think, like, if somebody tells me, hey, man, you smell really good. Well, um, I am actually wearing Savage, or some people say Savage on the commercial. That's how they say it. And I would tell you exactly what it is, and I would even tell you where it is, or you can go get it. And I would tell you it's not very expensive, but here's what this guy told me. I said, man, you smell amazing. What is that? And he pronounced some name, and he said, not where you can go find it, not where you can buy it. He said, and it's really expensive. (laughs) And I looked at him, and I punched him right in the face. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, basically, I interpreted what he said was, hey, dude, by your appearance, flat bill hat. Um, looking at you, basically, you cannot afford this cologne. And he, honest, he was honest. He was honest. I went and looked it up online. No chance. It was literally like a house payment for a bottle of this cologne. So anyway, there's all these things that you are identified with that when people see you, they automatically just tag you with it. You are recognized by something. And all of those things, listen, there are a lot of things that we can be recognized. I just shared for like 12 minutes. I'll hear about that one on Monday morning. My intro was too long. Um, uh, There's things that you are recognized by. And there's a lot of things that are competing out in our life, in our world, that want your attention, they want your energy, and especially, and this isn't a student message this morning, but there's a lot of things that are coming at you, even in college, isn't there? That you are to be recognized by this. And I told you last week, we're going to be journeying along in uh, sort of what God has been doing, I think, in our community and in this church over the last several years And I told you last Sunday, I wanted to introduce you to a friend of mine, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Well, I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. You see, I only today want to be recognized, identified by the guy who is full of the Holy Spirit. I don't need you to know that I'm a preacher. I don't need you to know who my family is. I don't need you to know that I wear a certain thing. I don't even need you to know that I smell a certain way. But I do want one thing to be said about me at the end of my life. Is that guy was in union. Friendship is how I say it. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does all that look like? That's what I want to talk to you a little bit about this this morning. You see, Jesus and God, Jesus and God were in perfect union. And I want to look at a couple of passages of scripture. So turn with me, uh, John 8. We're going to look at some of the gospel message. I told you last Sunday I've been reading in John. I've been camped out in John. I know that's real churchy and preachery. That's what you're supposed to do. How do you camp out in John? Well, every time I read the Bible... Over the last couple of weeks, I have been reading out of the book of John. So join me. If you want to read in the book of John, you get a lot of details about the life of Jesus. And I've just been looking at scripture and it's been just popping out here. And I'm like, golly, I've been a Christian forever. But listen, I don't live this way. Did you hear what I said? I've been a Christian for a long time. And if what I'm reading is true, that Jesus actually said this stuff, I've not actually been living that way. I told you I'm journeying. 
I'm not there yet. I honestly don't think there's many people in this community that identify me as, oh, that dude right there, he is the one. He is filled with the power of God. Like the presence of God is all over him. I'm not there yet. I'm journeying. And I want to journey with as many of you and as many of this community, whether they come to Sunday morning church at Hope City or they go somewhere else. But if they love Jesus, I want to talk about journeying into being a host in union with the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus and God, perfect union, perfect friendship together. And here in John chapter 8, I'm in verse 28, it says this, Jesus said, and again, so Jesus said this, when you have lifted the son of man up, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be. And that I do, look at this, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. Jesus was literally, he took the form of man, just like you and I. But because he was so filled with the presence and power of God, they had complete unity. Jesus never moved left or right without it being a direct speaking from the Father. Everything that Jesus did first originated with God the Father. It came to Jesus and Jesus moved. It's perfect union. You see, I could just close shop down. We would not have to even exist if every person on the planet would literally move left when God said move left. We would close down our jails. We would clo- Lawyers would have no job. Police officers would have. Do you understand that that is the perfection that Jesus and God operated in? Because Jesus moved when God said move. And I want to tell you today, because of my friendship and union with God, that is my desire. That when you see me when I'm 60 years old, when I've handed the baton off to the next person, probably somebody in our student ministry or our children's ministry, I want to be recognized as that is a guy who moved when God said move. I want the complete perfection unity with God the Father. And I do that only And I say only through having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want what I see Jesus had here. I'd go on for time's sake this morning, but I love this. Go back a few chapters, John chapter five. Listen, I'm a man, I'm a husband, I'm a dad. And so I know what it's like to go through real life. And dads, husbands, I want to tell you something right here. This is for us. This is for us and how we lead our lives as men in a very, again, I'm visual, just like my brother, Jamie. I see the world at staring at us in a hot pink neon light today. Men, I don't know if any of you are visual, but that's the way I am. And I want to tell you, if I was to give the overall culture some visual, it is just hot pink neon and it is glaring at us. And it wants to destroy you. 
It's not playing games. That's what I see all around us. That's why we cheat and that's why we steal and that's why we lie. And that's why there's adultery that is just rampaging through our society. It's because we have decided to go with this thing on our own. And we really have just said, forget the unity. Forget the union, forget the perfection, forget the friendship with God, the Holy Spirit. I've got this thing. And then what happens is we get so far over here and we look back and listen, why we're going away. We don't understand the carnage and wreckage and devastation that is going behind us. Then we get over here to rock bottom because we were chasing the neon pink light and we look back and literally I've seen it with my own eyes over and over and over, over and over in this community. You look back and everything is gone. And the only thing that you have left is truly God. Hey guys, man, I'm sick and tired of rock bottom waking you up. How about you let my friend, by the name of God, the Holy Spirit, wake you up today before it's too late? Because some of this carnage, the wreckage and devastation, listen, I know it's covered by the blood of Jesus. I know that our sins are forgiven and I know that heaven awaits us And I know that no one is too far gone, but there are earthly consequences to our chasing the hot pink neon light. And sometimes we hurt human beings and we break relationships and we devastate other people's trust all because we're chasing doing this thing the way we want to do it. And so Jesus says this. I'm in John chapter five, verse 19. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the son being himself can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. And so if you're in here today and you're at rock bottom, you're just struggling, you're depressed, you're struggling, you and your wife are fighting, you don't have any friends, you're at wit's end. Let me just tell you something. Here's what you need to do today and you can tune me out. You can actually leave the rest of this service because it's not for you. Because you need to say, hey, hey God. I don't know what you call him. I call him dad a lot of times. Hey father, hey God almighty, whatever you call him. Hey God. Hey God, what? Do you want me to do now? And then do it. Then do it. Because that's how Jesus and God the Father operated. Jesus wasn't chasing after his own thing. He was chasing after his father. And I don't know if you've ever been told this in church, but I'm going to tell you this morning. You can be just like Jesus. You can also chase after the Father. But you are not going to do it on your own, under your own strength. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you smell. I don't care how flat your bill is. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care what your profession. You cannot do it apart from my friend, the Holy Spirit. 
I want to know and to be known for someone who hosts the presence and power of God here in this community. I don't care even about my own reputation. Listen, anymore I used to. I used to fret when our church didn't grow every week. I used to care what other people thought about me. Honestly, I'm just, just being real. I used to watch all my sermons online because we put them online, not so I could get a be, be a better communicator, but just to see how cool I was. I don't care about all that stuff. I was having friend dinner with friends this week, and I'm well. I shouldn't say I will always because my family, my own family, may not even come to like a church that I pastor. I will always have a church of two, me and my friend, the Holy Spirit. I think my wife, she'll come just because she feels sorry for me. So at least three. But I don't care about being identified as this building. Take the stinking name off the side of it. I want to be known as like, that is the dude that I need to call because I have cancer. And dang it, I need to have him come with his intercessory team. It's actually going mobile today around four o'clock to go pray over somebody's house who has just darkness and evil all around it. We're going to anoint that thing. I need to call that guy to come lay hands on me because I am sick. That's what I want to be known for. Ricky, a good friend of mine, is going to Haiti with us in a couple of weeks. He just told a story again in our Haiti meeting. There was this young girl that was... uh, she was, um, she was handicapped over at our last, when we were just raiding that awesome apartment complex a couple weeks ago. And Ricky and I, we're, we're friends, and, and she was in a stroller, like a handicapped, like a wheelchair, and she was moving great. She actually would have outrun you, Ricky. She actually did, you know that? Because you couldn't even catch up with her to go pray over her. But Ricky came up to me, and she said, dude, he said, hey, dude, hey, hey, we need to go pray over that. So Ricky and I and uh, Josh, I remember, and we grabbed an interpreter, and Ricky, you went over and prayed over her, didn't you? So I hadn't told you what I did. Um, but because I don't care about re- my reputation, because I don't care, like, if you are going to, like, judge me, and that's fine. If you want to have a further conversation about this, man, let's go for it. But here's what I did that day. I saw her before you saw her, and... Um, when I saw her coming, I knew that she was a little Hispanic girl, and, I was, and I'm from Wahlberg, so I don't speak Spanish. And so I knew that I just couldn't go up to her and like, tell her what I was doing. If I would have gone up and laid hands on her, I probably would have got arrested right there. But what I did is I just literally, because you remember how beautiful and sunny it was that morning? I literally made my shadow go over her. That's what I read that Peter did. There's a guy in the Bible you never read about Peter. Peter was a man just like me and you. He, he was born of a, a woman. He was not Jesus. He had an earthly father and an earthly mother. Peter made a lot of mistakes. He screwed up. He had a temper problem just like me. But you see, Peter knew my friend, the Holy Spirit. And there's stories in the Bible. Look it up in first five, six, seven chapters of Acts. Where literally... People would bring people out into the streets just hoping, not Jesus, not God, but just hoping that Peter's 
shadow would brush over them because he was so full of my friend, the Holy Spirit. So I just went over and literally cast my shadow over her. Bill Johnson says it this way. He says this, he, he, he said, your shadow will always release what overshadows you. I'm going to say that again. Bill Johnson said this. He said, your shadow will always release what overshadows you. So no wonder there is strife and conflict and just hurt and pain Because so many of us are overshadowed by all of those things that I just mentioned. I want to be known for one thing and one thing only. I want to be known as a guy just like you who is chasing after the anointing of the Father through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when my shadow moves over someone that is sick, the Holy Spirit is going to be the power that changes that person's life. That's what I want. I love this. I told you I've been in John a lot. Look at John 14. Look at verse 12. Man, you can hang here forever, guys. I got dare some of you to go home and read like John. I dare you. Look at verse 12. Again, this is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Listen, and I've preached many, many weeks on that. I'm not preaching on that here this morning, but I am getting ready to read you what I believe other than Jesus Christ's story on the cross is the most powerful part aspect of the gospel message. The gospel message is the good news. It's the life of Jesus Christ. It's consistent of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books make up the gospel. I've been hanging in John and I read something like this. I believe the most powerful statement other than Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your salvation is what I'm getting ready to read to you next. If you have a pen, I would underline this. And it starts with the word because... Jesus said that you can do what I have been doing. In fact, he will do even greater things than these because, and here comes some earth shaking news, because I am going to the father. Let me interpret that. That is Jesus saying, because I, Jesus, am going away from this earth, because I am going back to the father, you are capable of doing what I have been doing. Because I am going back to the father equals, I am going to send the Holy Spirit to this earth to invade your life, to be the presence of God and the power of God here in 2017. Because Jesus went back to the Father, he sent us the Holy Spirit. That is the most powerful. 
besides Jesus Christ dying on the cross that I personally have read in the gospel message. And it is so powerful. I am baffled as how I have never actually desired to live that out until recent. Because Jesus came from the Father. We have salvation. We love that. That's what the church is built on. Because he came from the Father, we have salvation, eternal life. Our sins are forgiven. All that pride and all of that lust and all of the jealousy that is in my life is forgiven. Because I went and I looked at how I preached to see what other people thought of me. That's arrogance. That's forgiven and washed away by the blood of Jesus because he came from the Father. But where I have not led you to is the fact that because Jesus went back to the Father, we now have the power that fueled Jesus Christ to live inside of us. Because Jesus went back to the Father, we have the Holy Spirit. And I'm searching and I am hungering for the union with the Holy Spirit just like Jesus had. And I love this. It goes on and, and it goes on. I'm going to skip down to verse 15 for time's sake this morning. Look at verse 15, John 14, John 14, verse 15. I, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Look at that. Counselors capitalized. That's the Holy Spirit. I will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Forever. That's a big word, guys. I know that I am under the influence of the Holy Spirit when I'm studying this and these kind of things come to me. I have read that at least 50 times. But over the last few weeks when I have been reading in John and I read that word forever, he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who fueled Jesus Christ and you're going to have the same opportunity to be in union with him forever. There are people who literally teach that the power of the Holy Spirit coming on these men were just for that time. Hogwash. And that was rated G. I told you I'm forgiven, right? That's baloney, man. Jesus was talking and you can take it if Jesus said it to the bank. He said, I'm going to send you another counselor and he is going to be with you forever. Forever. That does not expire. But here's the thing. But if you read this, if you read this only as a history book, let's just say I do. I read this as a history book. Let me just say, if I read this and be like, man, those were some amazing events. I I, I mean, a donkey talked. Literally, if you read the Bible, you'll read there was a donkey that talked. There, There, like, There was a bush that caught on fire out in the middle of nowhere. A flood came and wiped all humanity except a guy by the name of Moses off of the face of the earth. I was just wondering if anybody caught that. Most of you are like, I didn't know Moses was on the ark. Nick, you like that. Nick, stand up, Nick. You're one of our students, man. I want a tenth of his energy in Jesus' name. And he's back there clapping because he caught the Moses thing. Nick, good job, buddy. Way to be paying attention. Sweet. 
if I read the Bible as just a history book, man, I'm still pretty amazed. Man, that's pretty cool stuff. Look at it, Elijah. I think it was Elijah or Elisha, one of those two guys. There was an, an axe that was borrowed, an iron axe, like heavy axe, and it fell into some water and it went to the bottom. Elijah, I'm just going to go with Elijah, um, came and literally just said, hey, God, like this axe is valuable and the guy who dropped it needs it back. And the iron axe head floated back to the top of the water. They grabbed it up. It was theirs. If I read it just simply as history, I am blown away by all of these amazing acts of our God. But you see, I don't read it as a history book. Because if I read it as a history book, I am disappointed that I didn't live back in those days. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and my father is not a dad who wants to disappoint me. He literally does not have the intentions to disappoint me ever. You see, when I go on my own course and start chasing the pink neon light, that is what leads me to disappointment, not following the voice of my father. So let's don't blame him for that. You chased after a light like a moth. I don't read this as a history book. I just don't. No, actually, in this, I read this as a guide that points me to what is available to me and you today. Everything that I read that Jesus did, I believe is available for me. Not because I'm trying to be super Christian. But because I am literally fueled and empowered by the same presence that empowered Jesus. And this goes on and this is good stuff. It goes on. Verse 17. And this is pretty important for where we're going to land the plane this morning. Again, I I love the fact that I know that you're going to go on and read this some more. So we're going to land the plane here in verse 17. Uh, The spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, says the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. I need to explain this in just a very short amount of time, but I told you we're journeying. This is not the first and will not be the last time you hear this. When you accepted Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit was given to you. He was given to you. He was made available to you. See, in 1997, when I got saved, the Holy Spirit became a part of me. It was in the package deal with Jesus dying on the cross and forgiveness of my sins. The Holy Spirit was with me. But it wasn't about until about four years ago that he actually moved from just being with me to literally in me. See, when Jesus is saying he is with you, he's talking about salvation. And if it was a package deal, like that you just were baptized in the Holy Spirit, he never would have said what he says next. He says, for he lives with you and will be in you. See, four years ago, the Holy Spirit became my friend. He and I became a partnership. He and I became literally one. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that is when I became a friend 
with the Holy Spirit. So Scott, what does that look like? See, here's how I received Jesus. My father-in-law, who's in this church, in this building right now, he was preaching a message. And the Holy Spirit was with me. It was the Holy Spirit who was with me. He was sitting literally, I think, right in the pew beside of me. I think the Holy Spirit prefers chairs over pews. I think that's what he said. I'm kidding. He was sitting beside of me and, and he said, hey, Scott. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't even looking for this. That's a whole another long story. But he said, hey, Scott. It's time to give your life to Jesus. I'd heard about Jesus. I'd been in a lot of sermons. He's a phenomenal communicator. He kept my attention. He had a good-looking daughter, and I wanted to be with her, and so I sat in a lot of church services. But it was this in particular Sunday. They offered salvation, and I remember I just got up, not because I wanted to. It was the Holy Spirit who was with me. And I went, and again, there's nothing magical about coming to the altar. I didn't raise a hand. I literally told someone, I said, I need to accept Jesus. I need to be forgiven of all my sins. See, it was the Holy Spirit with me that brought me to that point. About four years ago, just hanging around the right people that my, the Holy Spirit brought into my life introduced me that, oh, that you, you can also be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I said, what is that? I had no idea. Four years I've been journeying in this partnership and friendship with the Holy Spirit. About four years ago, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and my life has been forever changed. Does it mean I'm perfect? Nope. Does it mean I sometimes don't see the neon light and say, oh, no. I still struggle sometimes? Yep. Do I love every person that I ever see? No. I told you I'm journeying. But there is a power and a presence that is driving my life today, and it is not Scott. His name is the Holy Spirit. 